Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I've got a little bit of a disclaimer as I begin tonight. Um, Week after week, as you know, I'm often listening to Caleb preaching and I'm actually often on the edge of my seat because we don't really share notes and he doesn't often share what he's going to speak, especially the little ad-libs about me. So I'm the one on the edge of my seat, not knowing what he's going to do, what dirt he's going to throw on me. So this disclaimer is, Caleb doesn't know what I'm speaking on tonight. So buckle up, buddy, because it's payback time. (laughs) However, I'm probably throwing Jethro under the bus a bit tonight as well. So I don't know, maybe one day, Jethro, when when you preach, you can um, pay me back, hey? How's that sound? (laughs) Anyway, I want to begin my message tonight by sharing a prayer of Jesus. A very powerful prayer found in the book of John. It's in the lead up to his death from chapters 13 onwards. Um, And he's teaching the disciples, instructing them how to live and how to continue to believe even after his death. So we're just going to pick it up from 1 John, uh, in John 17 verse 20. And we're going to put that on the screen. Thank you, Emma. It says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will be who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know that you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to, to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. I've titled my message tonight, Unified to Win. Unified to Win. You know, throughout Jesus' teachings, the teaching of the disciples and Paul, etc., we hear this one message, this one word of unity that is emphasized time and time again. Unity. Have unity. Strive for unity. Unity, uh, the Greek word of unity is hnosis, meaning oneness. Oneness with God and oneness with each other. If you've been around Highway Church long enough, you will have heard the phrase, let's build something of worth. So when I think of building, I think of we need strength. So I was umming and ahhing, do I call this stronger together? But then I also was thinking about the battle that we fight and it's a fight and we need a win. We need victory. We have victory in Jesus' name. So You know, and we've also heard that you can have whatever you want, but you've also got to build it. You know, as a church, the last couple of years, we've been on a journey uh, looking through the book of Nehemiah. And as of recent time, Haggai, is where we've learned about God's people obeying God's call to action. But in order to win the battles that we're called to fight and build the things we're called to build, 
we need to be, first and foremost, unified with God. Now, a lot of people tell me that Jethro, where are you, Jethro? Can you stand up? I'm going to embarrass you tonight. (laughs) Just stand up. Those people that don't know Jethro, give a little wave. Yeah. Jethro is our one and only eldest son, seven, nearly eight in April. Hey, bud. Yep. You can sit down now. (laughs) Unless you want to come stand up here with me. No. (laughs) Um, So we've got Jethro and then little Honey, as as a lot of you would know. um, Honey is three years old. But um, a lot of people tell me all the time how much Jethro looks, talks, walks, acts like Caleb. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Even the posture and, you know, everything like Caleb. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is that their personalities are actually quite different but their interests are very much alike. Um, Thank you, Emma. We'll put up the first one of the bamboo, the short one. Jethro is obsessed with this, all right? Now, this might be a bit strange. This is the bamboo in our backyard, and uh, there's another one there of the shorter little, um, yep, there we go, the shoots right there. And we'll go back and we'll see the full, yep, there's the bamboo. Uh, About at the end of last year, we moved into a new house and we needed some privacy uh, between the neighbours and ourselves. The neighbours haven't moved in yet, so we thought we'll get a heads up and just get this wall private to make our backyard and there's um, more private. Um, And anyway, (laughs) Caleb planted this bamboo. And he goes out to the backyard and he loves being in the yard. It's Caleb's way of switching off. And, but every day, Caleb would run inside and he'd go, guess what, family, guess what? And normally at home, Caleb's real chill and a little bit melancholic. And so, like, we're all, like, on the edge of our seat. Like, it's normally the guess what he says before it's Christmas to the kids. Like, it's Christmas tomorrow. And he comes racing inside and we're all like, what, what, what? And he goes, come look at this. And we go outside. And if you go back to the first one again of the smaller shoots, he goes, look at this. And we go to the garden, and there there is this little tiny bamboo shoot. And we all go, like, roll our eyes, like, yeah, great, bamboo shoot. He's like, but can't you see? It's growing, it's growing. We're like, yeah, cool. And the kids look at me like, Mom, is he okay? I'm like, no, it's not, but that's, anyway, um, story for another day. Um, But so the shoots came through. And so we all just pay him out every day. Dad gets excited about this in the afternoons, you know, it's double, there's more or whatever it is. But then over time, Jethro starts running inside. Guess what, family? Guess what? Look, 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 there's more shoots. Come look, come look, Dad, come look. And so then Jethro starts being the leader of showing us that these bamboo shoots are growing rapidly and we're all so excited um, or acting so excited. Um, but because it interests Caleb and because it was so exciting and he, Caleb was so passionate about it and it meant so much to him, Jethro became interested in this. The same also is with the gift that Jethro got for Christmas. Some of you may have heard about it last week when Caleb shared. Um, but growing up, Caleb and his family um, had a lot to do with turtles. And turtles were Jethro's favorite, uh, were, sorry, Caleb's favorite pet growing up. So Caleb told Jethro all about turtles. Oh, mate, I had these turtles when I was a kid and we used to do this with them. They had a tank and they used to run away and a bird took one, all this stuff, you know, these stories. And so then out of nowhere, Jethro says, oh, yeah, turtles are my favorite animal. Yeah. Everywhere we go, oh, can I have that shirt that has a turtle on it? Oh, 
if he has to draw a picture, I'm going to draw a turtle. Turtle, turtle, turtle. And so sure enough, for Christmas, you can show us Emma. This is what Jethro got for Christmas, little Mikey. He's actually the size of like a 50 cent coin. He is so cute. I wasn't so sure if I actually wanted a turtle, but then when... um. I saw it, I was like in love instantly as well. I've even got a little video, would you like to see? This is little um, Mikey, <laughs> little Mikey walking in our backyard. There he is. We, um, <laughs> we were deliberating about what name to call him because um, you can't quite see it here, but sometimes you put him down and he's just, he just bolts. So we're like, should we call him Bolt? Speedy is the one that Caleb called his when he was a little boy, Speedy. Um, but yeah, anyway, there's Mikey. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, is that this didn't just happen by coincidence. The fact that Jethro loves all these things that Caleb loves. No, it actually was learned behavior. You know, because Jethro has caught this from Caleb. He's been in his company so much, um, spent so much time with him, and he's picked up on the things that he loves. You know, so if we want to have unity with Christ, unity with God, we need to, number one, position ourselves. Jethro spends quality time with Caleb, observing, asking questions. Can I ask you, do we do this with our Heavenly Father? Do we long to be with Him? Do we long to soak in His presence, observe His ways and ask questions through reading the Word, through prayer, through worship? No, it's quite funny. Jethro and I had this really tight bond when Jethro was little and it was so tight, almost like there was no room for anyone else sort of thing. A lot of you might remember the youth that did youth with us um, back then and because he came to just about every youth meeting when we were youth pastors and he'd suck his thumb and he'd look at me, at me every day and go, I love you, mummy. Do you know that? And he'd say it about 20 times a day and I just thought, oh, I just want to bottle you up right now. But I knew that I actually had to make a little bit of space to, um, to allow Caleb and Jethro to create a bond, not knowing that I was going to get completely knocked out of the equation. Wish I, I wish I didn't uh, do that too so soon. But anyway, that's all right. Um, but the second thing that Jethro does with his father is that he actually listens. You know, Jethro is obedient to his father, not reluctantly, but he's obedient because he's spent enough time with Caleb to know that he is better, that he knows better, and that he can be trusted. The third thing, so we need to listen to our Heavenly Father. The third way that we can create greater unity with our Father God is by actioning. Jethro actions. He mimics, he talks, he walks, he even dresses like Caleb. Last Sunday, he, or at most Sundays, he waits to see what Caleb's going to wear before he goes and picks his outfit and dresses like him. You know, but there's scripture and it speaks in the Bible that we need to put on, on our robes of righteousness. You know, do we put on God's clothes? Do we put on those robes of righteousness that he has given to us so freely? Do we begin to walk like him, talk like him, act like him? You know, you've probably heard the saying before, Ah, oh, you, you know, you're your father's son or you're, you're your father's daughter. And <laughs> to some people, Talisha, I don't know your story, but for some people it can be a compliment, some not so much. Um, but imagine if we heard like, oh, you're your heavenly father's daughter, all right, or you're your heavenly father's son, all right. I mean, that's got to be the greatest compliment that there is. Um, when I, 
I'm sorry, a lot of analogies got to do with my kids tonight and family, but it's just what works, so I'm rolling with it. Um, but when I um, had babies and were raising them from babies into toddlers, I went into uh, introducing them to food with this idea that I'm going to give them all these options. I'm not going to put my food preferences onto them. So I might not like something or I might really like something, but I'm just going to put it all out in front of them, give them as many different options, so much exposure, cooked multiple ways. Caleb, not so much. No, we weren't unified here. Caleb would screw his face up at the thought of mushrooms. And so instantaneously, before Jethro even had a chance to smell, look at, or even taste them, Jethro knew that he hated mushrooms. Still to this day, he won't even go near them or try them because he saw his father's dislike in them from such a young age. As you may know, um, Kim and Al, Kim and Al, parent-in-laws over there, <laughs> um, they've told us stories that Caleb would cry at the dinner table when he had mushrooms in front of him and he would say, just smack me instead, just smack me. I'd rather be smacked than forced to eat mushrooms. So... Look, I didn't even have that in my notes. That one's for free. It just came to me then, so. <laughs> but, you know, in Romans 12 verse 9, it, Paul tells us to, det to detest what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Basically, to love what God loves and to hate what he hates. Um, is Amy Girling in the room tonight? I can't see her. No, but that's all right. This sort of reminds me about Amy's. She has this thing that we found out about last week, also known as sympathy pain. And she came over to our house, I think it was Australia night, Australia day night, and Caleb had had a big stack on his mountain bike that morning and he had a big graze and blood and everything and uh, she, he showed us, and straight away, Amy goes, ooh. And we all looked at her a bit strange, because she grabbed the same side and the same elbow, and she really nursed it. And Caleb and I said, are you all right? And she goes, oh, I just had sympathy pain. My elbow's really sore. And we just looked at her with the strangest look, like, are you for real? And Jean goes to us, her husband, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's an actual thing. Amy actually feels pain where other people feel pain. And you know what, like, yeah, as odd as that is, it actually works really well for my message tonight because, you know, I think we need to have sympathy pain with God. You know, it's like if it hurts God, then it needs to hurt us. Um, I see in, in a lot of my message points tonight and my analogies that Caleb is sort of the one that I'm referring to as like, like God. Um, but it's just a metaphor. Just, just wanted to clarify. <laughs> he definitely isn't. Sometimes he has a Messiah complex. Um, <laughs> no, he, he, would, he would be the first to tell you that he isn't. It's all right. It's all right. Um, <laughs> see, I told you, payback. Um, <laughs> you won't ask me again in a, in a long time. I'm setting myself up for this on purpose. No. Um, but if we love what God hates, let's listen to this. If we love what God hates, how can we be one with him? We can't have differing opinions to God. If you're not sure about it, if you're not sure, you know, God, do you love this or hate this? Can I encourage you? Go back to the first points of spending time with him, praying with him, seeking him, seeking wise counsel. 
prayer and fasting. We are actually about to enter in as a church-wide fast and prayer next week for three weeks. And I tell you, it's really exciting what we've heard, um, the vision of where we're heading as a church. So I just want to encourage you, grab a hold of that. Just a little shameless plug there. Um, but you know, when, when Caleb is away for a few nights or a day or even half an hour, Jethro is missing him like crazy, aren't you, Jethro? You don't like being separated from dad at all. And I like, I think that needs to be like us. We need to be like that with our heavenly father. That's like, that's, we just have this urgency. I just need to be with my dad. I just need to be with him. Just having a look here, one moment. Something's going on with my notes here. <laughs> Um, it, it actually says in, uh, in Proverbs, looks like I've cut some of it out, but it says that there's six things that the Lord hates, no seven that the Lord detests. And I had them there all to list. Um, oh yeah, you've got it up there. Thanks, Emma. Um, I'll just read from the screen. Uh, if you can continue, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil a false witness who breathes out lies. And lastly, the seventh one that he threw in, because this needed to be in there, and a person who sows discord in a family. Um, in other translations, it says disunity in a family or among brothers. You know, the first point I said in being unified to win is that we must be, number one, unified with God. But the second point, as you know, is coming, is that we need to be unified with each other. You know, Nehemiah received the call to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, but he couldn't build the wall alone. Haggai received the call to rebuild the temple, but he couldn't do it alone. We as a church, as individuals, are called to build, are called to fight, are called, called to grow together. In Psalms 133 verse 1, it says, How good and pleasing it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard. You know, this special costly oil was by Moses, used by Moses to anoint Aaron as the first high priest of Israel. This oil was extremely fragrant, setting the priests apart for their work in service of God and people. Unity amongst God's people, like this anointing oil, gives off like a sweet fragrance for all who watch it and demonstrate that we are set apart to serve God. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with another, each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I love the way one Bible scholar says it. it. They say, our outward expression of unity will reflect our inward unity of purpose. I'm going to say that again. Our outward expression of unity will reflect our inward unity of purpose. Now, I've shared this before once, um, but you know, it's been a while and I actually felt to share it again. But one time, I don't know, where, I can't remember whether I was in prayer or just thinking about the church and it was on my heart. And I sort of saw, if, if, whether it's a vision or just pictured, 
um, the army of God. So we, the church, the army of God heading towards the enemy. And we're heading towards the enemy with great force. And the enemy is coming towards the army of God. But we, the church, had the upper hand. We had the upper hand. And just as we're, because we're up higher and we're going down and, and it's just like, we've got this. Yep, we got this. But not, not too far out from coming up to the enemy, the enemy approaching, one by one, one Christian, you know, one believer turned on the other and then another on the other. And then all of a sudden, the army of God are fighting against each other. They've lost sight of the main goal, the purpose. The enemy comes and has a field day. You know, that's not, no, that's not how God has created it to be. That's not God's desire for the church. Yes, we have the victory in Jesus' name, but we need to work together as a team, as one. The opposite to that is God's army, God's believers heading towards the enemy, unified with great strength, marching one by one together with one goal, one purpose, and head towards and take and claim victory amongst the enemy, um, against the enemy, I should say. Let me ask you, which one looks more appealing for the lost? Which vision? Which one looks most appealing for those who are seeking hope in a broken world? We, the church, are to bring the light, the hope. We are to be the example. In John 17, verse 20, like I read right at the start, it's Jesus said, why does he so desperately want unity? So that the world will believe that you sent me. So the world will believe that you sent me. How do we create and foster unity as believers? Number one is through community. We were never meant to do life alone, as I said. I just want to do a little plug for Connect Sunday. This morning we had an amazing service um, as we just celebrated the new Connect groups that are launching, old ones that are relaunching. Um, but can I just encourage you, if you missed it, just go and watch online this morning's service of that Connect group plug and you'll be able to hear a lot more of the heart behind it. Um, but what Mel shared was really great. She said that a spirit-filled community of believers contrasts greatly to the world's community. You know, there's no other community like it. It's so important in helping each other identify our gifts, grow and develop them and our faith. The second way that we build community as believers is to have buy-in. You know, if you call Highway Home, then you are part of this family. We often say to our own kids, you know, if you're part of this family, then you also play part in this family and you have to do your part. You know, can I encourage you that if you don't already, maybe pray about how you can play your part to contribute to this family. Now, as a mum, I understand that seasons come and go. Some seasons you have greater capacity, other seasons you don't. Um, whether it's big or small, all of it is vital. You know, just like the body, it's like the eyelashes play a very different role to the spine, right? But all are vital, big or small, all are important. Um, next Sunday, as I said, is Vision Sunday. Um, I encourage you to get behind that vision. I already said that, so I'll skip over that. But my last point is, so how do we create um, unity as believers? It's through community, through buy-in, and, and by being peacemakers. Be slow to get offended and quick to forgive. 
It says in Proverbs, how blessed are the peacemakers. In any team, community, there can be unity makers or unity breakers. Unity makers, they bring encouragement. They believe the best. They extend grace. They contribute. They pursue peace, are humbled, and a team or others focused. Unity breakers criticize, gossip, withhold, sow discord, take offense, are intolerant, competitive, and self-focused. Unity creates momentum and strength. Disunity saps energy, blurs vision, and distorts purpose. As I begin to close tonight, can I encourage you to spend time this week praying, seeking God on how you can take one step closer to unity with Him. Seeking God on how you can take one step closer to unity with your own family, your blood family, and your church family, your spiritual family. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for that prayer that Jesus prayed, Lord, where it shows his heart towards the church and his heart towards you. Heavenly Father, may we stand up, Lord. May we humble ourselves, but may we rise to the call to pursue peace, to open our hearts to forgiveness, and Father God, to work together with one another for the greater good of your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name. If you're here in this place tonight and maybe you haven't had the opportunity to have oneness with God, to invite Christ to be your Lord and Saviour, that takes us back to the first point of having unity with God. Maybe you're in this room and you're feeling distant from Him. Maybe you're in this room and you know that there isn't unity. If you would like to have that opportunity to start afresh tonight or to invite Him into your heart for the first time ever, just in this room right now in this moment, can I encourage you to take a bold step to raise your hand. We would love to pray with you tonight. We're not gonna call you out the front, just where you are in your seat. We just wanna make sure we don't skip past this moment and that we take the opportunity to pray for you. Is there anyone in this room tonight? I just believe, um, I just feel that I'm just going to pray anyway. If there's someone in this room that wanted to raise their hand but didn't, or maybe for someone who is going to hear this message online, on the podcast, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God. Father, we thank you for your love, that, it, that you sent your son, Jesus, to pay the ultimate price, to bring unity between us and you. Heavenly Father, that we aren't separated by sin, but Father God, that you have forgiven us, you have set us free, you have cleansed us and washed us, Father, by your blood. And tonight, God, we say yes. We say yes to beginning or renewing our relationship with you, to have oneness with you. We invite you to be the Lord of our life and to lead us in your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.